This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles, If you're into nerd culture, if you're into science sports memorabilia, if you're into comic books, if you're into anything sort of that related, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. Everything you see there is in Canadian funds, so to all you American listeners, it's a little bit cheaper rate once you do the conversion. But don't worry, worldwide, they ship as well everywhere around the world. Please visit them daily because they update daily. Like I said, they got everything from signed since the hockey playoffs are going on right now. They got signed old sports memorabilia there like hockey gloves, hockey sticks, pucks from memorable goals, stuff like that. Anything you need or want in a nerd or in a collectible, it is there. And if you're into books and video games, please visit BossFightBooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Metal Gear Solid, World of Warcraft, Super Mario Brothers 3 and so many others. They got everything available in paperback and ebook format, so please check it out at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, please visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link. It takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs to onesies to anything you literally need or want. It is there. But if you don't want to support anything monetarily, the easiest thing you could do, the most free thing you could do, the thing that takes you two seconds... Please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, but most specifically, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So, this week's guest is a columnist, a sports analyst, and an actor. Retired mixed martial artist and former number one contender, the Predator, Patrick Cote. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you today? I'm pretty good, thanks. Okay, so, before we get into anything... It's the hockey playoffs going on right now. You're from Quebec. You're from Rimouski, actually. That's where you were born and raised. Now, are you a Montreal fan, like a Habs fan, or, or were you a Nordiques fan before as well? Uh, I used to like both the teams, but right now, for sure, I'm rooting for the, for the Habs. I know a couple players in the, in the team, too. So I have a couple, uh, couple friends in that team. So I'm, 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 I'm rooting for them, for sure. So you must be really enjoying what's going on this year then. Uh, do you think they have the potential uh, to win it all, honestly? Right now, they're on the semi, so it's anything can happen. You know, the thing is, like, it's it's all about the momentum. Now they have a crazy momentum. They just swept the the, the, the series against the Jets, and the, that, was, that was not expected. You know, uh, it's crazy. And right now, they, I think it's, it's a very special group of guys now that they believe that they can win. They can win the, the, the Stanley Cup, and especially like I think Carey Price just yeah. realized not, not not just realized, but Carey Price realized that maybe it's his last time, his last chance to go to go uh, until the end. So yeah, uh, I believe that you know they they are the underdog and they they like that. So the, the, all the pressure are uh, in uh, on the shoulder of the, the the Vegas now. So 
me, I'm from Toronto, but don't worry, I'm not a Leafs fan. I'm a Penguins fan. So I still, my team is out, but obviously I have a connection to Fleury because he used to be on the Penguins, right? So to see now Fleury go up against Price, and you were saying that this is Price's last chance. A lot of people thought that was Fleury's case too, and look at him now, right? Yeah, you throw it right, but Fleury has hard time to play against Montreal Canadiens. So that's true. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's even going back to the Penguins days. I remember those days. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just something like playing against your home team, the jitters or whatever it is. Like, Or maybe it is something deep down. You're like, I don't want to beat my beloved Habs. Like, obviously, because he was probably a Habs fan growing up, right? Yeah, but I think in every sport, you know, even, even the best, uh, I think that... Djokovic in tennis, you know, he's sure. the best player on the planet. But you always have a hard time against a guy who's ranked like 152 in the world. I don't remember his name, but every time he's playing against this guy, <laughs> sure. he has really, really hard time. But you're supposed to demolish him. But it's it's like sometimes the style, the I don't know, the vibe the, doesn't work with the, with your own style. And I think uh, right now it's more mental than than something else. You know, Montreal uh, mm. Canadian, they know. They are already in the head of the of the of Fleury. Oh, that's awesome to hear. So, have you always been a hockey fan? Obviously, growing up, did you ever think of playing hockey? Did you ever want to play hockey? Uh, actually, I, I used to play soccer when I was young. Okay, uh, not hockey. I played soccer very on a high uh, high level. I played for the uh, Quebec team, uh, oh, the wow. defense Quebec team. I, I play. Uh, I, I did the, the tryout for the national team, junior national team too. So I was I was playing a lot of, uh, a lot of soccer, but uh, yeah, always uh, always had uh, my eyes on uh, on the hockey, but uh, not not playing, uh, just playing for fun. Now. What position would you play if you could? Uh, uh, center, forward for sure. <laughs> okay, so I want to go all the way back to when you were sixteen. I didn't know this that you were enlisted in the Canadian Army. Now, what type of division? Like, how long were you in the army, and why did you go so at a young age? Uh, that was, uh, I think you said sixteen, but that was that was eighteen. Oh, eighteen. Uh, okay, I joined the army at eighteen years old uh, because I didn't know what to do really. Okay, sure. <laughs> and I wanted to travel. I wanted something, you know, physical. Uh, and you know what? I used to, I used to love my my uh, my time in the army. I was, uh, I, I was. Uh, in the infantry, I served in Bosnia in 2002. Oh, wow. uh, you know that was yeah that, that was a that was a great great life experience. Okay. Uh, I took all the all the discipline maybe to be a good professional athlete mm. from that. I think so because you need to be very disciplined if you want to to go in a, in a high level in sports. You have to live very disciplined. So uh, yeah, uh, in uh, 2004, I just uh, I was tired of the I was tired of the discipline. <laughs> <laughs> sure, actually, and uh, I broke I broke my contract, and uh, I just oh. flipped a uh, coin in the air, and I yeah. tried to to make uh, to make my life uh, as a professional athlete in in the mixed martial art, and uh, turned pretty well. Well, the th- I was gonna the lead up question was you started some of your disciplines. Speaking of discipline, the mixed martial arts disciplines in the army, like you took up kickboxing, wrestling, and some and some other type stuff. Was that the the thing that you always wanted to do once you're in the army? You're like, I'm gonna transition into MMA, or did it just all come as they say organically? Oh no, no, not at all. Uh, especially at that time, 2004, that wasn't popular like today. You know, mm-hmm. that was after tough one. After the, the first season of the Ultimate Fighter in 2005, the sport just exploded after that. But before okay. that, that was still very, very on the ground. And especially from Quebec, especially from Canada, thinking of, you know, making a career in mixed martial art. And, and, and at that time, that wasn't mixed martial art. That was Ultimate Fighting, Extreme Fighting. You know, sure. it wasn't a name for, for that sport. And, uh, yeah, I start to uh, I start to box Doing uh, in boxing, I got that uh, pr- pretty easy. You know, for me that was easy to learn boxing. Okay. And after that, I started to do jujitsu and all those things. But okay. um, you know, I fell in love with the sport, and uh, you know, just uh, like I said, turned pretty well after that. You know, I, I risked a lot. I took a chance, and uh, you know, here we go. Well, did you do any amateur MMA, or did you go right into pro? No, I did. Uh, I did a couple amateur MMA uh, MMA fights, and. Um, I think I lost all of them. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I fell in love with that. I fell in love with that sport. Uh, 
even if I was, you know, getting my ass beat, uh, you know, just, I don't know. That was just the, the, the adrenaline rush, sure. you know, the, the training to be more well-rounded, you know, always learning something new. And, uh, yeah, that's why I think that uh, I made that, I made all that, those sacrifices to, to get better out there. So, speaking of MMA, you, you went into the UFC and debuted at UFC 50 as literally a last-minute replacement four days but not only is that impressive in itself, but you went up against pretty much a Hall of Famer, what even at that time people considered in Tito Ortiz. Now, what was going through your mind? Like, how did you get in position to be the next guy in there? Because this must have been crazy, right? Oh, that, that was crazy. But that was, I was the last one who has to fight Tito Ortiz. You know, just because anybody else said yes at four days' notice. I was supposed to fight Marvin Eastman on the first, fi- first fight of the prelim. Oh, okay. And, uh, I was, I was already on that card at UFC 50. That's right. And uh, okay. Guy Mesger Guy got a stroke uh, and he was supposed to fight uh, Tito Ortiz. And uh, mm. at that time, you know, it was not today. There was only uh, maybe 10 or 12 pay-per-view a year. Exactly. Uh, that wasn't like a show every weekend. So they couldn't, they couldn't, uh, they, they had to make the, the show. And they couldn't uh, lose Tito Ortiz as a main event too. So it was... People were coming in Atlantic City to see Tito Ortiz, not to see the rest of the card. Right. right now, it's different. But at that time, uh, Tito Ortiz uh, was supposed to, to fight Mesger, and that was very, very important that to, to keep Tito Ortiz on the card. Mm-hmm. So they asked probably to all the light TV weight in the roster before me, for oh, sure. Wow. <laughs> you know, I was the first, I would, uh, that was my first fight in the UFC. Nobody knew me. And, uh, right. And I was a French Canadian too, so that wasn't very, uh, very good for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yes, and they asked me, uh, they asked me if he wanted to go, and I said, yeah, why, why not? You know, this guy was on my screensaver every morning. I was open my, my computer, <laughs> and four days loaded, and four days after, he wasn't in front of me in the cage, wanted to, to kick my ass. So that was a uh, that was special. Now that you're retired and everything's behind you, okay? Did you honestly think you had a chance going into that fight, or were you just like puncher's chance of anything? No, uh, you know, I went there to win for sure. I knew that you know my chance was very, uh, very slim. You know? <laughs> I knew it, but uh, you know, at thirty seconds of the first round, you know, I rocked him, and uh, exactly. you know, I, I'm a puncher. I know I'm a heavy hitter, and uh, you know, I can I can win against anybody if I if I, I caught you. But right. you know, to be honest, that's the best thing that happened to me losing like that, losing by decision. I wasn't supposed to be there. I wasn't supposed to pass the first round, even thirty seconds. Exactly. I was supposed to get destroyed, and <laughs> you know, I received I received a lot of elbows in my face. Right. But at the end of the day, after three rounds, I was still on my feet and I was there. So everybody after that fight know me. You know, everybody True. was like, "Oh man, who's that guy? Who's that fat Canadian?" Because <laughs> I was at that light every weight. After that, I dropped weight. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I, I lost the fight, but I won that night. You know, so that, that was uh, that was good. Can you imagine? Yeah. You know, at that time, in two thousand four, right. I wasn't. And the good weight class to fight inter- internationally in Canada was okay, but sure. those guys was so big. You know, Tito is is huge, and uh, you know I was that I wasn't I wasn't there for uh, for for uh, for the skills. You know, the, the skills I have at that time mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to fight. You know, former former champion. Like, exactly. Like Tito yeah. So, can you imagine? Saying. I knock him out in the first round. <laughs> After that, there's Randy Couture. Chuck Liddell or Vito Belfort. I'm uh, fucked, man. <laughs> I'm, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So that's, that's the best happened, best thing happened to me. It's, you know, losing a fight like that. So now, how did the whole thing come up when you got into Tough Four? Because I didn't know how... Because I thought that was your introduction to UFC because I totally forgot. And people know who listen to the show. I have a short-term memory. But I totally forgot your first fight was with Ortiz. But then, looking back the whole thing I figured it out. But how did the Tough Four come all about? And obviously you made it to the finals of that, right? Yeah, Tough Four, the name of that season was the comeback. So that means that there was all all former UFC fighters inside that season, but with losing record. So it was like, oh. okay, we think we are, you are better than UFC record. I was 0-3. So I lost my first three fights in, in, the, in the UFC. And Matt Serra was there. Dean Thomas. Uh, Shoney Carter. That was a crazy, 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 crazy season. Right. And uh, that's why they, they called me. And they, they said, okay, you, you want to jump in? I said, for sure. I'm 26 years old. No attach. I'll go, man. And that was, <laughs> that was 
I had a blast, man. That was that was one of the best times of my life. So now, like you said, you went 0-3, and then after you ended up going 0-4. Did you ever think at that time of quitting? And obviously everyone knows that confidence is a big thing in MMA. Like, what got you out of that funk? Because a lot of people, when they go on that type of losing streak, it's pretty much over. Listen, you know, I was in my head, I, I had like the UFC curse. I was like, <laughs> man, I, you know, nobody can beat me outside the UFC, and I'm right. there, I'm going there. And especially, you know, I fought Peter Ortiz. That was a good fight because I, lo- I lost my decision. But after right. that, against. Uh, Joe Darkson, I killed him for two rounds, and I, I did. Uh, I made uh, I make a rookie mistake in the third round, and he caught me uh, against Chris Lieben. After that, that was probably one of the best fights in 2006. That was a war. I lost by split decision right. uh, in Vegas. So I was like, man, I'm so close, but I'm not able just to, to get that freaking win. <laughs> and uh, and yes, and after that, when I, I finally won my first fight uh, against Scott Smith at UFC 67. Uh, it was like a relief, you know. Like there was a lot of weight out of my, off my shoulder, shoulders, and uh, you know, I went on the winning streak and I went uh, through the title fight after that. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I was just gonna say because you bounced back and you literally became, like I said, at the top number one contender, and you got to fight Anderson Silva. Okay, the whole thing. The leg injury, everything happening, Herb Dean calling it, Silva wins TKO, right? You were, you were mentioned in an interview saying that if you were to step back into it, that you would have bet him. Now, was that just the adrenaline or did you really think, or if it went five rounds, did you think you, you had the fair shake against Silva? Did you have his number, so to speak? Listen, yeah, I'm not saying that I was winning the fight, but I wasn't losing the fight too. You know, that was there, that was a very competitive fight. I was the first one who showed that Anderson Silva can't be beat. In the UFC, exactly. I was the first one who I was the first one to go in the third round with him, and you know that was our strategy. That because he he, he didn't see a third round in the UFC yet, so in the third round we wanted to push the pace more and uh, you know taking more chances, you know going forward and trying to to knock him out. But unfortunately, like you said, you know a big injury happened, you know bad <laughs> in, the, in a bad time, but you know like I said at the beginning, I'm a heavy hitter, I'm a puncher, I'm a striker, exactly. so. You know, I can lose the four for four first round, and I can knock you out in, in the fifth. But uh, you know, that was uh, the first two rounds. That was very close. Uh, like I said, you know, he was probably winning the first two rounds because he was the champion, and because the round was close. Right. But I was there. That was that was a competitive fight. Like I said. No, that was, and again, that like I said, I don't remember a lot, but stuff like that stands out. And again, it's to to you and to Anderson, obviously. But then after, like you said, you you got that injury, you had a couple more fights in UFC, and then you got released. You went down to smaller promotions. You fought in Montreal and all that. How was it going from, so to say, the big league to fall to fighting in smaller promotions? Did did that screw with your mind? And did you ever want to get back to the UFC? Oh. Fuck, man, it's, it's tough, man. It's, okay. <laughs> it's hard, you know, because, uh, you know, I fought for a title fight in front of 20,000 people in Chicago, they right. sold out the arena, and two years after, I'm fighting in Montreal in, uh, you know, in a minor league hockey arena in front of, <laughs> you know, 700 people. Right. I was like, man, that's tough, man. That That's tough to take. It's, it's, very, um, it's very demanding mentally. You know, just to deal with that because, you know, I, I went, you know, I, I played for the Stanley Cup, you know. <laughs> exactly. In the UFC, you know, and I was, you can't go higher than that. And everybody who's, who's fighting, they want to fight for the title fight. And I did that. But, you know, wow. after that, I had two loss, especially the, 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 my loss against Tom Lauder. That was probably the worst fight of my life. Right. And, uh, you know, I got my pink slip and I was like, fuck, oh, man, I'm 30 years old. What am I going to do? You know, I'm at, do I want still to make all those sacrifices to going back to the UFC? So I took three months off, didn't go to the gym at all, and awesome. I was like, okay, now it's time to go, and I'll see. I will see if if the fire is it's back. If I want to do that again, and I soon I put the the my foot uh, on the on the map that was like, all right, okay, let's do this again, and uh, I believe I can I can be back. And of what's obviously ended up happening, you returned to the UFC, but you were you dropped down to welterweight. What was the reasoning behind that? Did you find that it was going to be easier for you, or like you said, because you had heavy hands, it was it would be to your best interest to drop down and face those guys? No, listen, uh, it's, it's because man, the, my last fight against uh, against uh, Alessio Sakara, that was my last fight at one eighty five. Okay, I knew that it was it was bigger than me. You know, physically, I knew it. It was bigger than me, but at oh. the 
at the weigh-in, we both weighed at 185. Of course. And the day after, you know, I went, I went in the octagon, and I was I was looking on the other side. I was, that's not him. That, that's his brother, man. He was freaking huge, man. Right. I was like, fuck. Who's the guy I'm supposed to fight? That's not him. So that was my last fight at 185. And you know what? With the same skills, you know, the, the size will matter. You know, it's it, it's like that. So, uh, you know, I decided to to drop at 170. And I was a big 170. So that was me doing that now. You know, I was I was weighing at 170 and I was fighting around 193. So oh, it's, wow. <laughs> I was way way bigger the day after. So that right. was was my time. That was my turn to do to do that. <laughs> well, obviously, talking to a bunch of fighters, everyone says cutting weight is the worst. Now, being an ex fighter now and now analyzing the sport yourself and being outside of it, so to speak, is there a perfect way to do weight classes or to cut weight so it's sort of fair for like you said, like for the smaller guys who could tack on that that, that extra poundage and not feel it? Listen, nobody will force you to cut weight. You know, it's not a rule. It's not. It's not something that the promoter or the, the organization is going to ask you. That's it's true. your choice. It's your choice. It's it's it's. It, you have to do the right thing. It's very very dangerous cutting weight. I was I was you know I was cutting like twenty twenty two pounds in eighteen hours because I, wow. I had a great team around me and right. i knew we knew it uh, how to do it that's a, it's a long preparation to do a drastic wake up like that you know i can't i can't do that tomorrow you know it's 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 a month of preparation to cut something that very very drastic like that it's hard it's dangerous you can die man so exactly but but like i said you know a lot of people are you know bash the ufc or bash the organization because of the weight cutting but the organization didn't ask you to do that. <laughs> if you want to cut weight, if you want to cut weight, do it very in a smart way. You know, to work with you know, work with uh, with professional, work with some guys who has who, who have uh, the, the the experience of doing that. Because there's there's no book, there's no class, there's no school they're gonna teach you how to that yourself. Mm. You know. You go, you, you, go in, you go in medicine schools. They're not going to show you how to die. They're going to show you how to rehydrate <laughs> somebody. No, they're going to they're gonna show sense. you how to rehydrate somebody to, to save his life. Not, not the, the opposite. Right. So, yeah, like I said, it, 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 and, you know, cutting weight is something. And after that, the rehydration, it's, it's kind of more important than, uh, than, than cutting weight. It's, it's all the process. It's science. It's, you have to know your body very well. But, Every time your body is not the, it's not it's not gonna react the same way. So that's, that's why you have you have you need people around you who know exactly what they do. Yeah, no kidding. Well put. Now coming back to the UFC, did you notice any difference from the first time you were there? Because everyone knows in MMA, especially being such a young sport, this like stuff changes like this overnight. Like people even say you blink and, and that's it, you're already gone. Like you know what I mean. So did you notice any difference coming back to it? Man. It's the sport is going so fast about you know the, the fighters the athletes are getting so much better faster because there's MMA gym everywhere now. That's so true. it's and they start younger too. Oh, sometimes I see like very very good fighter. They are 21 years old, 20 years old in the UFC. Well, man, that's that's insane, man. How can you be in the UFC 20 years old? Man, it's just right. for me. It's 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 show that. How the sport is is big now. We show how, how the sport it's uh, it's um, it's it's important mm-hmm. in you know in the, the sport area right now. It's not just it's not just two fighters who's gonna fight. It's two athletes who's gonna perform, and that's yes. that's 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 the difference now. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. And then you also did uh, tough again, but you were the coach. You're on the other side of it. Yeah. So how was it being on the other side? And did you bring and like, did you t- obviously I'm, I'm assuming so, but did you tell like the guys, Hey, I've been here before. You better listen to me. I know exactly what's going on. Uh, yeah, but I was like, man, I'm, I'm here for you guys. You know, I'm not, I'm not here for my, the, the airtime. You know, I made my name, you know, I fought for the title. That's true. Uh, you know, I was, you know, my rest, the wrestling coach I brought with, to, to me, he went to the Olympic games. Uh, the jujitsu guy oh. was a world champion. was like, Bro, we made our name, you know, we don't give a shit about, you know, everybody know <laughs> us. So you have 
we are there for you guys. And that was that was fun, man. That was fun. And we swept that season too against Australia. We won yeah. everything, even the coach challenge. Yeah, <laughs> we won. We won everything. It's true. And uh, that was that was fun. That was a fun experience. Uh, we had some some great uh, personalities. Too. I think that was a great season to watch too. No, I really enjoyed it, of course. And sh- shout out to Elias Theodoro who won his because he he's a former guest as well. But yeah. was it the same way as being a competitor on the show? Were you secluded to the house or were you able to leave, come as you wanted? How, how was it for you as a coach? I, I, it's a, it's harder to be a coach. You know, because when you're a coach, oh, okay. you don't ask questions you know, to yourself. You just you, you, you wake up, you eat, you go train, you drink or whatever. You just... You just do uh, what you like. But when you're a coach, you have to adjust yourself to everybody. You have to make a game plan. You have oh, to. But okay. the fun part is uh, you're going back home. That, was a, that wasn't my home. But, you know, yeah. the UFC ran the fucking mansion. And <laughs> you go there. You're going back. Yeah, you're going back. And you're, you're more free when you're a coach, for sure. Because okay. you're not stuck in the house with, with the, all those guys. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's more work. So you, you got to share at least one of the tough stories. Anything crazy that wasn't aired d- during any one of the seasons? Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, they didn't show that. But if you go on YouTube, you're going to see it. Okay. Uh, after my first win uh, against, uh, it was against Yavier Riviera at top four. Okay. I just, I just drank, drank, drank. I was <laughs> drunk as shit. I was smashed. And, uh, they, they, they didn't show that on national TV, but if you have right. the, the DVD, they, they are on the delete scene. But you can go on YouTube, you, you write, but they call it drunk, and, and I'm a happy drinker. So that was, okay. it's fun. It, it's funny, but it's just, man, I don't remember at all that night. I don't remember at all. I'm talking against <laughs> Rich Franklin. I said that George Champier is the worst tournament ever, the best fighter in the world, but oh the worst tournament ever. And man, that's just that's just fun. I'm going. I'm going against Mark Lehman. I'm talking oh, about. Shit. You know, he's a freaking Lehman, and I'm talking with the with the Max Sarah and I, it's 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 funny. But uh, right, yeah, you can see that. You can see that on YouTube. Oh, that's awesome. Are you excited for the upcoming season since they're reviving it? Yeah, I think that's the first time since three years. I think so. Yeah, the, the, the tough is coming back. You know what? It's it's so hard to go into UFC right now. That's it's probably the the easiest way. That's that's kind of crazy to say, but oh, you know, okay. contender, contender, and ultimate fighter. Right, it's the easiest way to go to the UFC because if you don't go by by that, you need a crazy record with with finishes or an insane personality. If True. not, you see, if you are just a normal fighter and uh, and you just have a winning streak, but just by decision, you're not gonna get it. So it's uh, and tough too. It's uh, you know it's 13 weeks. It's good now for to, to that people's gonna know you. That people's gonna know you're gonna following you and True. and right now it, it's like that. If you want a big fight, you know you start shit on the internet, start shit on Twitter, <laughs> and you know it's true. It, it's like that now. It's it's more like uh, you know entertaining yeah. entertainment than sports. Well, that's what I was going to ask you eventually, too. If you're one of those guys that likes it as just a pure sport, or do you like a little bit of entertainment? No, I mean, it's it's business. You know, the UFC is an entertainment business. So they want to put the best show in the octagon for the crowd, for the people at home. Uh, and what I like in the, in the UFC, you know, 95% of the time, they're going to make the fight they're supposed to make. That the, that, the, that the people want, you know. That that's true. They, we, well, we always say that. Oh, that's a that's a fight for the fans, but it's, it's it happened a lot. Right. You know, there's a couple there's a couple of fights that didn't happen because uh, because probably have the money behind that or something like that. But sure. um, George again, George against uh, against Silva, George uh, George against Domagomedov. There's mm. a couple. There's a couple of fight like that, but not that not not a lot, but. You know, it's too bad that uh, the first two I, I said I was I was with George, but uh, I think he's okay. Now. I think he's okay with his money. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think anyone will ever come close to the UFC? Like, there's obviously the Bellators, the One FCs, and all that Ryzen's, you know. But do you honestly think anyone will ever compete with the UFC? Not now. Not now. I think if uh, 
if the UFC, if the UFC is getting done one day, it's gonna be because of their fault. They're gonna they're gonna oh. kill themselves uh, because they're gonna they're gonna do some something crazy. But you know what? It's the thing is, you know, you are world champion in Bellator. It's right. crazy. There's a really, really good, really good fighters in in, the, in Bellator. Of course. And you are world champion. And people will say, "Oh, yeah, good for you, man. That's that, that's fun." Right. But you said, "Hey, I'm gonna fight in the UFC. The first fight of the prelim. There's nobody in the stand, man. UFC fighter. You are you are a UFC fighter. People's gonna get crazy. The first. The, the, that's true. Those three letters are freaking powerful. They are. It's insane. So I don't see I don't see any organization getting close. Uh, getting close to 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 to, to have a competition to, with uh, with the UFC. It's so true because if I talk to anyone that doesn't follow MMA like I do, they're like, "Oh, you watch UFC?" It's like, "No, I watch MMA." There's a big like you just said. Those three letters, UFC is more powerful than actual MMA is. That's crazy. Listen, I, I'm a owner of a sport complex, and uh, we have a we have a gym, but we have a room of mixed martial art too. Sure. And there's there's some guys who's coming in the gym, and I say, "Hey, I want to take like the UFC class." <laughs> There's no UFC class, man. There's jujitsu, wrestling, or Muay Thai. There's no. It's not a sport. The UFC. It's not. It's, it's a, the organization. So that's that's exactly what I said. That's oh, uh, those three letters are really, really powerful. How about your thoughts on bare knuckle? Are you a fan? Not, not at all. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, fair enough. No, no. They asked me to fight for them too. Uh, maybe oh, really? Three times. Yeah, but you know, it's, I, I don't think it's good. For, for the sport, I don't think it's good for the athletes too. Okay. No, we right now we are in the period of of the life mm-hmm. about sport that it's all protection, all protection of the the athletes, of not course. just the fighters, but you know, in in, uh, in football they made a lot of study about you know getting hit to the head, to the head. The hockey, the same thing. Yeah. They have uh, they have you know uh, they have a protocol of concussion if something happened. Yes. The UFC is going like that too. The UFC, they, they want to do that. They, they have a protocol now, and there's a, there's a lot of tests if you get knocked down after that to, to get clear to, to have your license to fight. And now you have barnacles. The fuck? So I, just, I was like, no, I mean, you know, you're going there and you, you punch each other with, 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 with uh, barnacles. Yeah. And there's a lot of, they, there's a couple of fighters who's going there after their mimic career, just maybe to, to make money. I, I don't, I, I don't even know how, how they pay. Maybe they pay good, but I don't know, man. It depends what you want to do with your life. It's depending on what you want to do with, with your health. I don't That's think it's, uh, it's a healthy decision to go there. Well, yeah, because I've heard a lot of people say that they've actually get paid better than what the UFC used to pay them. But mind you, these are also guys in the, not in their, twi- I guess, well, yeah, in their twilight days now where they're just about to retire, where they're not in their best shape of their lives. So when they were in the UFC making money, that's when the guys weren't getting paid as they are getting paid today. So obviously, maybe that's, I don't know what it is. But yeah, I agree with you. So I guess you're not, because now the other thing that's starting to float around is bare knuckle MMA. So I guess you're not a fan of that either. <laughs> No, no. I think it's it's important. It's important to to keep fighters healthy. No, keep the athletes healthy. And I think I think now the the the, the athlete the mentality very changed in that sport. You know, ten years ago, everybody was doing sparring like five times a week. You know, yes. just punching each other like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, it's more drills. It's more like training. It's more about getting knowledge than just being tough. To receive punch in the head, so the mentality change. So then, okay, let's get back to your career quickly. In 2017, you, you retired. It was right at, after one of your fights. Was that planned, or was that heat at the moment, or and are you happy with the way your career ended up? And was that your I'm done, no more, no more fights. That's it. Oh, uh, that was that was. Uh, I took that decision two months before the fight. Oh, okay. And uh, nobody nobody knew. Even my wife didn't know. Oh, because uh, I wanted, I wanted to to lift that very in selfish. I wanted to be selfish. I was like, man, I own that to myself. To the last fifteen years that I made sacrifice, I don't want anybody know that's going to be my last fight. I don't mm. want anybody. I don't want to share that moment with anybody else. Sure. So the my last my last cutting weight, my last walking, mm. my, my last entrance song. All that, that was the last time, and I could, I, I was able to enjoy it. 
because I knew that I was the only one knowing that. Oh, and I like that. And everybody was like, man, that, that, that's cool, kid, that you did that. And you didn't say that to, to anybody. And I, I, I didn't want that to talk about that in, uh, in the pre-fight to interview. That oh, it's going to okay. be your last fight. It's going to be a big story. I didn't right. want that. You know, I wanted just to, to, to live that live that moment just for myself. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what I did. And uh, if if I'm proud of my career, for sure. You know, I did everything that's possible in that sport. Uh, I fought for the title, title for the main event. I coached tough. I wasn't tough. That's true. Uh, you know, I got fired. I get <laughs> back. <You laughs> exactly. Know, I did everything. I did everything. So uh, oh. no, and um, you know, I, uh, for me that was that was very important to to, to stay healthy too for okay. for my kids, for my family, for myself. Makes sense. No, I took my retirement on my own term too. So that's a big privilege. Mm. I think when you can when you can do that in in that sport, I didn't want that to do the the, the fight that I wasn't supposed to do, and uh, that, that's the thing. And when I fought against Cerrone and when I fought against uh, Tiago Alves, my last two fight, mm -hmm. for sure, you know, I wanted to win. Of course, <laughs> I wanted to win. The, the, <laughs> even with the win, that will be my last fight anyway. Okay, no, that was my last fight. Regardless, uh, but yeah. the, in the in that in that two fights, I got hit more than. The last 15 years of my career. Oh wow! So I was like, "Yeah, I got, I got rocked in the, in the last two fights." Okay. And I've never been knocked down in my life. Right, right. So I was like, "Okay, uh, now it's time. It's time for me just to 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 live that sport on my own term. I'm still healthy. I'm okay. I did everything okay to get well after after my, after the sports. Right. So uh, yeah, I invest uh, somewhere. Uh, I start. Uh, I start businesses. Uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of things in, in media too, and and I didn't want that to that my kids see me knock out. Mm. So the thing is, you know, I have my, my my daughter; she's five years old. I have a yeah. little boy that that uh, nine months old, but right now they're maybe too young. They're too young, not maybe. They're too young, but <laughs> in the future, uh, you know, when they when they they have like 10, 12, 15 years old, yeah, they will want to know what I was doing before. So exactly. they will go to you to Google. They will they will go to YouTube exactly. and see that. But that those images for me, knocked out on the ground, passed out, doesn't exist. There's no that's image awesome. like that. Of myself, so that's for me. That was very, very important. So yeah, well, like you, you were mentioning, you've had over thirty fights, so you're not scared of getting CTE later on. You're good. You think you're going to be one of those guys that's just going to live a nice, healthy life and die at normal age? Uh, I hope so. And uh, the thing is, right now I, I feel pretty good. A year after my retirement, uh, I started doing tests with uh, with uh, a doctor, a brain doctor. Okay, smart. And uh, I went there. I was like, man, okay, I want to see. You know, yeah. I've never been knocked down, but I have like 15 years of training a bunch in my head. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I, I probably I got something. You know, maybe it's not that big, but probably never it's know. Uh, you know, I never know. And uh, I did that on my uh, on my side. You know, that's I pay for that for my put the I took money off my pocket just to to go there. And uh, we did a, a test, a lot of tests during during six months, wow. just to know exactly. And uh, you know, in Finally, it's, I'm okay. But every three years, I'm gonna pass that the the, the same test to know if it's if it's still good for me. It's sure. it's important to know. It's important to know if I'm okay, if I'm healthy, and that why I'm saying that it's uh, it's. I was like, man, why are you surprised to see me here? Hmm. He said. He said, you know what the percentage of athletes they come see me to know if they have like damage brain damage mm. was like probably a lot you know do you want to see if you're, you're exactly you see he said he said five percent oh my god nobody want to know they prefer to live with not knowing if oh. there's something because they're scared that maybe they're gonna they're gonna find something gotcha. like, okay so i'm 38 years old at that time i said yeah. if i have something to do to get better 
I want to know now. Of course. Uh, I don't want to know in 50 years. Thank you. <laughs> so, I'm the same way. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I never understood this. And especially us here in Canada where we have free health care. Why wouldn't you want to go checked out on a yearly basis? Because it's true. When you catch it early, nowadays with modern, modern day medicine, mm-hmm. you could pretty much cure everything. You know what I mean? Yep, you're right. It's so crazy. So, there's no chance of one more fight, no celebrity fights. You're not going to call out one of the Logan brothers, nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> listen, if they gave me 20 millions, maybe I will think about it. But, uh, no, listen, it's uh, when I took my retirement, like I said, that was on my own term. Right. I was like, okay, it, it's done. And I didn't take that decision by emotion because I lost the fight. Mm. That was that was prepared. Okay. I knew it, that was my last one. Sure. So uh, it's okay. And I, I don't miss it. You know, I oh, will okay. always miss, you know, the fight week, the the the, the walking. Sure. Bruce Buffer was yelling my name. Of course. You know, fighting at the Bell Center in front <laughs> of twenty thousand people and yelling my name. You know, states. But that's why I did that my last fight. That's why. I wanted to live that. I didn't say anybody it was my last fight because mm-hmm. I knew that was the last time. But all those memories, I have that. I, it's I don't miss the sport. I don't miss getting punched in my face. I don't miss I don't miss punching people in the face. Too. Sure, it's, it's I don't miss that. So I don't. When I see fight, I'm I'm not saying, oh man, I, I want to get in. Fuck no, I'm, <laughs> no no, I'm I'm okay. Man. Well, that because that was going to lead up to my next question too. Because you're a chill guy now, knowing that you're in the military and it made you more mellow and all that. You weren't one of those fighters that needed to be angry to get in the cage. You just went in there to take care of business, so to speak, right? Absolutely, and I think it's it's a very it's a big mistake if you fight with anger. Oh, you know, if okay. you fight and you want to just uh, destroy your opponent because you hate him or you want you want just to hurt him, you're probably going to lose the fight. Mm. You know, it's especially. Maybe not like 20 years ago, but today, right. you can't fight with anger. You, you have to fight with skills and game plan and, you know, in a smart way because all those fighters are so well-rounded today. You can't just go in there and swing like that just, just to, to knock, him, knock him out. Yeah, no kidding. So what's the craziest thing to ever happen to you in a fight or a walkout or anything leading up to a fight? Uh, you know, my, my best memories of all time that was when I fought uh, Chris Lieben. Oh, okay. We fought. Chris, we, we fought. We fought. The, we fought in Vegas. Crazy fifteen minutes. Both same style brawler in, inside of the octagon, <laughs> punching each other. Right. And I, I have a good chin. He has a good chin too. And of so course. that was a crazy, crazy fight. I lost my split decision. I'm destroyed. I'm destroyed physically, but mentally too, emotionally, I'm, I'm crying in the locker room. I'm right. like, fuck, I can't believe it. And that was like the time that was my the third loss in the row in the UFC. I was like, man, that's a freaking curse. Right. And um, I was I, I was on the floor, you know, and uh, I was just like, man, oh, man. And Chris Lieben, get in the room. He came in on my side. He sat on my side. He just put his hand on, on my leg. And we stayed there for 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Wow. No words. No worry. We didn't talk. Right, right. It was just like that. And then after 20 minutes, he just tapped on my leg where he stand up and he left. Oh, wow. That, that was a, and a crazy moment. That, that was, it's my, my, wow. it's my best memories of, of all my career. Wow. Now that's respect where you don't even have to say a word. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. That's crazy. Well, see, and that's what I never understood about the early people from the MMA days when thought it was like a blood sport and all these guys are all crazy. It's like, if you actually knew, or even, for example, in today's standards, when people start booing, when it goes down to the floor and you're seeing some good grappling, like, come on, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what the sport's about. (laughs) Yeah, I think the fans are more educated now. uh, But, you know, they're not wrong that at the beginning there was bloodbath. (laughs) True, I guess. You know, at the beginning, that that was insane. But I think the, the 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 fans are more educated now. They know they know more the sports. They they understand the ground game too. Uh, so it's uh, but it's always it's always uh, the same thing. You know, it's a lot of adrenaline, a lot of testosterone. A lot of uh, people want to see two fighters yeah. punch each other and just like in the brawl. But the the sport is not like that anymore. 
Yeah, no kidding. And that's a perfect example of the fight that this past weekend with Nate Diaz. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was a combination of obviously him being in there and it was a bloodbath versus the fans coming back. It was a perfect ingredient to get that atmosphere. And again, it was just goosebumps watching the UFC all over again. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Okay, I've always wanted to ask this. I know I keep forgetting when I have an MMA guy on or gal. What's the best discipline in MMA versus the best discipline, say, in real life, like to defend yourself and to be in an actual street fight? It's the same. It's it's wrestling. You know, For if both. you're wrestling, okay. you can you, you can fight anybody in the world because you can stay on on your feet if you want to box, or you can go on the ground if you want to do jujitsu. I think it's the first thing you have to you have to control. It's the wrestling. Me, I did everything wrong. You know, that's the last thing I learned wrestling. Oh. <laughs> the sport was different when when I started. Sure. But right now, if if you ask me, you want to start in the May, you want to what what should I do first? Wrestling. Go wrestling right away. Mm. After that, it's gonna get easier to 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 combine everything together. Oh, that, that makes sense. And I've heard that before. Well, I've heard it mostly in MMA, but even in real life, I would think maybe something, I don't know, like jujitsu or one of those other martial arts, karate or whatever is not really a base in the UFC or in MMA, so to speak. You know what I mean? But wrestling for both. Wow. Well, you know, I, I can't say, I can't say jujitsu, but you know, if you want to, if you want to do, want to do jujitsu, you have to put the guy on the ground. So if you don't have a wrestling, it's not going to happen. And oh, I can see a guy on the sense. street, Sitting right away, it's like, okay, you want to fight? You said, okay, come with my guard. Not gonna happen. That's true. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It totally makes sense now. Oh my god. <laughs> so, what was your other than obviously being at the Bell Center? What's your favorite venue to fight at? Man, this it's it's different vibe. You know, Vegas. It's just capital of, of fighting it's just insane especially the ufc and, uh, during the fight week there's you can walk outside you know if you have fire uh-huh. ufc fighters and you fight even if you don't fight if you're just there right and you are you are ufc fighters you know just you know a little bit famous you can't walk mm. you can people just getting crazy wow uh it, it's very different but it's hard to beat when you're from montreal and you fight at the bell center People are just insane, and especially when you fight on the same card of George, it's just uh, loud. Sure. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's just unreal. So uh, yeah, I think that the loudest the loudest uh, crowd I ever seen I ever heard in my life that it's it's in Montreal. Oh, that's cool, and of course that's awesome being pretty much around the corner from there, right? Yeah. Okay, MMA aside, after retirement, it seems like you're more busier now than when you were doing MMA, you know what I mean? So you've dabbled in some acting. How was that experience? You enjoyed it? Is this something you want to pursue in the future? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm full-time acting now. Oh, okay. uh, Oh, yeah, I'm doing a lot of workshop. I'm getting better. Uh, I just just play in the three TV series in in French uh, in Montreal. So they're a big one. Okay, Uh, okay. I'm going to shoot a movie at the end of the summer, too. And uh, we, yeah, everything is going going pretty well. It's fun, you know, it's... uh, I found a new passion, oh. and it's like it's that. So uh, I have a couple of business uh, left and right. I have a uh, I have a sports uh, sport complex too. Of I'm course. still working as a commentator for the for the UFC in French, but uh, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting in acting, uh, and uh, I'm getting better. And it's 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 a long process. It's um, you know I was underestimated the the, the work of getting good. And acting oh, you know, because okay. I was like, man, I'm in front of the camera you know, commentating fights since yeah. 15 years, so the camera doesn't doesn't scare me. Right, but so it's not totally nervous, completely yeah. different. Oh. It's completely totally different. It's 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 a, it's a job. It's it's something you have to learn how to act. Mm. You know, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of you know actor. They just they got it. You know, you have to learn how to do it. And uh, yeah, the first workshop I did, I was like, "Fuck, that's tough." <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, I have to get in there. I have to to, to take a lot of workshop. I right. went back to school to 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 learn how to to act too. 
and I'm still I'm still doing that. So yeah, it's fun. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because I was going to ask you the same thing. What would be the hardest thing about getting into acting? But you just said it. It's like a job, and you got to put in like hours and hours of work to get there. Because for me, like yeah. same thing. I'm I'm not scared of being in front of cameras. I don't care about talking in front of people. That doesn't. I have no fear of that. The thing is, is memorizing and knowing my cues. That's what would fuck me up completely. Because like I said, I have short term <laughs> memory. So if I don't remember what I did yesterday, how am I going to remember lines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. But you know what? It's People people think like that. They say, "Oh, it's gonna be hard to to remember the, the remember the the, the the text or something like that." Right. Everybody can remember a text, you know, by heart. It's it's not hard. I guess it's after yeah. that. It's it's after that. It's playing that playing the character mm. with the text. That's uh, fucking hard. Right. <laughs> That's hard because there's no emotion online. You know, it's you read, you read it and it's like, okay, how I'm gonna do that? Oh, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna act like that. And now you 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 try something. And now the director is saying, what the fuck are you doing? It's not like that. You're supposed to, to do it. I thought, okay, show me what I'm supposed to do. I, well, I, in my head, that character is like that. It's, it's a psycho. So right. no, it's not a psycho. He's a shy. He's shy. It's not psycho. I was like, okay, so now I have to switch my mind as a psycho. <laughs> right. I have to play a shy guy. I was like, all right. <laughs> okay, let's put it out there. What role in a perfect world would you want to land in the future? Oh man, I don't know something completely outside my casting, you know, because I know my casting. You know, I'm a big guy. Uh, you know, everybody know that I can play a policeman, a cops. Uh, I can play, you know, a, a doorman. I can play a guy from uh, uh, a biker, a guy from oh, yeah. drug industry. You know, yeah, it's, true, true. You know, it's 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 easy for me to have the casting of that. But I would like to to to. To play something completely outside to show that I can't do that. Mm. I can play something that people don't expect. So, uh, so, so that's that's my goal. Well, if I ever see you in a romantic comedy in the future, then I know you've accomplished it. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> I, you knew it. <laughs> so, another thing I read: you competed in an Olympic triathlon. Is this true? Yeah, that was on my bucket list uh, when oh, okay. I took my retirement. Uh, I wanted to do uh, a triathlon, and uh, after that, I wanted to do an Ironman. Oh. But I, when I finished the triathlon, I said, "Fuck the Ironman! <laughs> it's, too <hard. laughs> it's too hard." That was man, that was hard. I don't have the shape of a triathlon. A tri- uh, triathlon yeah, you're, athlete, you're a big okay? guy, yeah. But that was for me. That was that was that was more on my back bucket list. Check. I'm very happy that I did it. Mm. Uh, that was uh, that was actually that was. Very, very tough, but I had fun. I had fun to do it. And now how about working, because you work out in Quebec, obviously, with RDS and, and all that great crew out there analyzing UFC and other MMA, or is it just UFC? Because obviously I don't get RDS here in Ontario, so is it just is it MMA-based or UFC that you guys commentate on? It's a UFC. Okay, so how is it being on the other side of the camera analyzing the sport that you once competed in? It's fun. It's fun. I think it's... Um... You know, I don't want to, to sound uh, cocky, but I think it's good to have, you know, a guy who went there and who's able to describe it. You know, to, who's able to, 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 to say what is going. And, and a lot of time I can see something happen like five seconds before. I was like, okay, he's going to do that. And okay, now it's happened. Makes so sense. I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you. I'm like, <laughs> but you know what? I, 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 you know, I saw so many, so many uh, situations that, Right now, I can see something in advance, and I think it's it's fun for people who's, who's watching us that you know to, to understand the game, to understand the sport. Uh, I'm not going too much in the details, but I'm not. I'm, I don't think people who's watching are stupid now too. Mm. So it's, I'm think I, I found the the right uh, the right middle of uh, of the speech I said in front of a camera for for uh, for the sports, and uh, and even when I was fighting. I was a better fighter because I was commentating fight. Oh, it's okay. Because I was, I saw so many situations. I was, de- I described so many fights right. that that was always in my head. So I was a better fighter because of that. Because I was always, always in my head. I saw that. I saw that. So it was always in my head. And sometimes I was doing something that it wasn't, you know, in my in my game. Just because I, I was I saw that on on, uh, on the show right. describing the situation, so for sure it did help me to be a better fighter. 
So when you're critiquing other fighters, has there ever been yeah. a fighter you've critiqued that's either you've trained with or from the past that you like said something and they have were like, hey, why'd you say that about me? Yeah, honestly, I don't critique fighters because I oh, know okay. I went there. So you know, sometimes instead I said that okay, he's he's uh, out of shape. He's uh, he didn't take this fight seriously. Okay, okay. It's not it's it's not the truth. Maybe that's that's what what you see. But it's not the truth. Sometimes it's just not your night. Sometimes it's just that nothing works like you want. It's it, and it sucked. It, it did happen to me against Cerrone. That was that right. was a nightmare. You know, you, you want to do something, but it's not working. Yeah. So I'm I'm more. I try to explain to the people watching uh, the TV that what what happened for real. You know, inside the fight, there's a lot a lot of things that happen between two fighters in the cage that mm. nobody know. Nobody can see it right, right. if you've never been in the cage. That's true. So you critique more the fight as a whole versus the individuals against yeah. each other. Exactly. Oh, that makes complete sense. Okay, before we get to the worst story of the week, again, you, we, we've been touching on it. You have your EXPN center and all that. How did all this come to be? And was this something that you always wanted to do when you got into MMA? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, after uh, after my retirement, uh, we're like four or five, uh, four buddies, uh, and uh, we're like, hey, man, we want to do something together. We're going to start something together. And I was like, okay. And uh, all the buddies, uh, all my, my partners are former professional athletes, so oh, hockey, uh, uh, drivers, and something like that. Okay. okay. And we're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to start a gym, but completely something completely different you know mm. a, a complex that's gonna be like all the services w- will be there we have a nice. doctor we have physiotherapist we have uh, uh somebody's gonna take you take care of your diet and oh, wow. we have a, a lot a lot of different trainer who are specialized on different aspects sure so that's uh that, that's 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 what we wanted and uh yeah it's pretty cool it's it's uh three years now that we are open i mean two because the last last year were close yeah exactly <laughs> so, but uh no we're, we're, we're happy and uh it, it's fun you know it's fun to do it uh, we met a lot of uh, a lot of people great people because of that so now do you bring in like guest trainers and every so often because of your ufc connection so to speak uh not uh, not not really uh it's not not the it's not the, the, the kind of gym like that okay. you know we we more we're more like uh, we create a community of our gym sure so it's it's more like that oh that's cool that's cool to hear so you ready for the worst story of the week my friend yes, sir okay so now that you don't well not to say they don't have to be in shape but your diet isn't as strict as it was when you were competing i would assume so what like what was your go-to as soon as you didn't have to cut weight anymore what was that junk food or that fast food that you wanted as soon as you're like i don't have to shed anything else oh man i i'm not a big fan of fast food even today okay just i eat a lot you know, I will eat sure. like three steaks. Oh, shit. Uh, it's, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I, I eat a lot, but I eat good right. things, but I eat a lot. Okay, uh, okay. But, man, the, the baby back ribs, that was the first thing that uh, oh, wow. after a fight that I will be like, okay, I can can let go. So that was, that was the proof. That was like 90% of the time that was the baby back ribs. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, so that's sort of healthy. It's not sort of junk food, but... Okay, mine is personally mine is chips. That's my go-to like snack. Anything like if I could eat that forever because there's so many type of flavors, right? So this week's story comes from Oklahoma, where a driver stopped at a gas station to use the washroom. He forgot his keys in the ignition, and some guy strolling by noticed it, hopped in, and stole the truck. So obviously the police were notified, and the chase was on. At one point, they didn't think they could stop him because they laid down the spikes, but he drove around them. They formed a roadblock, but he rammed right through it. So the chase lasted like 100 miles when finally a cop shut out the tires. So if you'd have to guess, what what was he carrying? What do you think it would be for someone to steal a truck? Because it was plastered all over the truck, so he knew what the inventory in the truck was. What do you think this man stole? It's food-related. I don't know. It's food-related. Yeah, How about know. that? You, 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 you've been talking about chips. I don't know. Maybe it's that. <laughs> Bingo, right there on the nose. He stole a Doritos truck. That's uh, man. Can you imagine, man? He got in jail because of because uh, 
you stole the Doritos chips, man. That's that's crazy. Well, I want to know what's going because obviously, okay, this hasn't gone to court yet, so no one knows exactly what his motives was. But I can't see someone stealing a truck to sell bags of chips on eBay to make money. So obviously, this guy loves Doritos that much, like. <laughs> Know, yeah, that's orange. Just I don't know, man. <laughs> There's a lot of people who's, who's taking big, strange decisions sometimes, and I don't know. Maybe he wanted to sell the truck. <laughs> no idea. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, oh. that's not the, great, the the great decision of a uh, of his life for sure. Yeah, no, okay. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Maybe selling the truck. Good call. It's so true. <laughs> well, Patrick, thank you, my friend, for coming aboard. Plug your stuff where people can find you. Anything up and coming? Floor is all yours. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Instagram or on Instagram. I'm very active uh, on that. If you want to know uh, what's going on with me, the, my new project, the next movie I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play in. So it's uh, Pacote MMA uh, on Instagram. So you can follow me that and uh, there, and you're gonna know exactly what uh, what's going on with me. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, it helps me out. And most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review. One last question before I let you go. Speaking of Instagram, I noticed you posted one of your MMA walkouts where you were dancing like you were a member of NSYNC. What was that all about, my friend? I was like, that was when uh, I got fired by the UFC. That was in 2011. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, yeah, I was. Uh, that was the time that uh, that was LMFAO. That was the, the song that was. I'm 16. I know it. Right. And uh, yeah, that was. Uh, that was fun. And uh, that entrance uh, still. Uh, still, uh, I'm, people talk to me about that like, still. So uh, that's that. That was the. I just wanted to have fun because that that kind of entrance, like you can do that in the UFC. That's so that true. was uh, had more uh, more uh, more freedom doing that in a local organization. Oh, that's awesome! On that note, he's Patrick. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. <laughs>